Welcome to That's My Personal Business, where we are pulling back the curtain on all things personal, all things business, and all things in between. Every Monday, we're hopping into your headphones to help you skip the learning curve by hearing from industry professionals, including myself. I am a destination wedding photographer turned business coach who now gets to lead hundreds of creative entrepreneurs in building lives of artistic growth, wealth, and freedom. And now it's time for you to do the same. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the podcast. It has been a minute. It hasn't been a minute for you, but it's been a minute for me. I haven't recorded a podcast episode in nearly a month now, which is crazy. It was the (laughs) busiest month, like the craziest month. I knew August was going to be hectic, but it was insane. Um, There were some really unexpected life changes, and I ended up finding a new apartment and moving across town. And I am so giddy to be coming at at you live from the new apartment. It is the most kismet experience ever. And even though today's episode is not about manifesting at all, obviously we're going to talk about it for a second because I love catching up with you guys. I love updating you on what's new. And this apartment for context let me paint the picture it's everything good in this world it's everything i've ever wanted out of out of an apartment it's huge there's a giant kitchen there's a pink tiled bathroom with swans etched into the shower yes you heard that right like it is beautiful it is on the exact same block that i have been trying to move on to for years and when i say that i mean the first time i ever came to brooklyn i stayed on this street and this is how i fell in love with brooklyn specifically and i came to brooklyn i stayed on the street i knew i always wanted to live here i was never able to find an apartment here on this block hence the fact that i've never lived here before i used to look up listings on this block and i would email the real estate agents if i saw the lease was ending soon to be like hey if you're gonna list this on the market can you just let me know because i want it (laughs) which is kind of unhinged, but I have always wanted to live here. And when I decided I was going to move earlier this month, I had literally everything going wrong in my life possible. And I like don't say that lightly. Um, I am a when it rains, it pours girly. I am the luckiest, the unluckiest, luckiest girl in the world is how I'm going to phrase it, because I am so lucky. I live such a beautiful, privileged life. Like I'm, I'm so lucky, right? Like I earn good money. I live in my dream city. I do what I love. However, I'm a walking Murphy's law. And before you give me that, like, oh, you're manifesting this. I'm not, it's just, it's always been like this. Even when I tried to not acknowledge the fact that I kind of am a walking Murphy's law, it still happened. Like, it's not a mindset thing. It's just, it's, it's the card I've been dealt in this lifetime. If something can go wrong, that's usually going to happen to me. And I've kind of come to terms with it, but sometimes it's worse than others. So when my partner and I split and I decided that I was, you know, maybe going to move, maybe stay in the apartment, everything started going wrong. And I mean like every day, like didn't have water for three days. Every single appliance in my apartment broke. My childhood dog died. Tons of personal stuff every single day happened that I literally can't even recount. I found hundreds of dollars of unauthorized charges on my cards. I met my neighbor who's a little insane. Like every, I heard from family members that I've cut off. Like when I tell you It wasn't just like little things like I stubbed my toe. It was like every day something happened that in any other circumstance would have been hard to deal with, but it was every single day for like three weeks. And it was getting 
really defeating. <laughs> and I had this giant plan tripped for England um, to go see my family that I haven't seen in forever. Like I haven't seen my extended English family. My mom is from England in years, like since I was married, I saw them with my ex-husband is the last time I saw them. And so um, I decided I was still going to go on the trip, even though everything was breaking in my apartment. I was dealing with a really homophobic landlord. That's like a whole nother thing. And so I was like, okay, I literally feel too stressed to go on this England trip, but like I'm going to because like I want to see my family. I think that will help. And so I went on this English England trip being like, I don't know where I'm going to live by the end of the month. I'm probably going to have to leave because the landlord is homophobic. Um, and everything is breaking and he won't fix it, including like hot water. I had to call 311 for. Anyway, there is a point to this story. Keep up with me, I promise. Um, give, give me a chance. So I go on this trip to England. I decide to go through a real estate agent to like have her help me try to find an apartment since I'm traveling so much. And we find this apartment. We find this apartment on my dream block um, with like everything I've ever wanted out of an apartment. And for those who don't know anything about the New York real estate market, it's insane. It's always insane, but August is quite literally the worst month that you can try to move because it's when everyone is coming here for school as well. So it is like literally the Hunger Games trying to get an apartment. Um, I applied for so many that I didn't get. Um, this apartment specifically apparently had a line down the block to come view it. Um, my the the people that were corresponding with my real estate agent like i'm in england they keep corresponding and being like we need more information for you know more information more bank statements like i'd never been asked for so much information while trying to get an apartment in my entire life because i have a bomb credit score i have an 812 credit score so i usually don't get asked anything like i usually just get approved which i'm so lucky so i was like i'm not gonna get this apartment i'm not getting all these other apartments like i'm in england it's like halfway through the month and i'm like i don't have a home to live in when i get home because i also got an email saying that they filled my lease from my current homophobic landlord lease so everything was going wrong and the end of the story is that i get this apartment it's been the most chaotic move in ever. And the reason I'm telling you this is because once I found this apartment, despite the fact that it was a complete and utter nightmare trying to get it, every single thing that was could have gone wrong kept going wrong. I kept texting my real estate agent and I was like, this is my apartment. Like, I, I can't be more clear. Like, that is my apartment. No other apartment is my apartment. That is my apartment. And even she was like, yes, I hope so. But I was so determined. And I think... I was having this conversation with my coaching client the other day because I think sometimes in the manifesting space and honestly, just the coaching space in general, the alignment space in general, just talking about mindset, people love to teach this narrative that like, if it's meant to be, it's going to come easy. And I want to be someone to tell you, but maybe I'll be the first to tell you that sometimes it's just not easy. Like the amount of things that have happened in my life that were the best things to ever happen to me that were easy, zilch, non-existent. Nothing has ever come to me easy. And literally the only thing that has ever come easy for me is my passion and my like motivation to work. And so I want to be this testament that like, yes, sometimes it does come easy when it's aligned. Sometimes it falls into your lap. I can count on one hand the amount of times things have fallen into my lap. Sometimes it is so ridiculously, unbelievably hard. 
And sometimes that doesn't mean it's unaligned. And I know people have conflicting opinions on this, but like, I think it's such a dangerous narrative to tell people that like, if something's meant to be, it's going to come easy because that does not account for any outside circumstances or other human behavior or privilege or whatever it may be. And I just want you to know that sometimes it it is grueling and it's still meant to be. And that's like what moving into this apartment has felt like. Like the way my life <laughs> was so different six weeks ago and it has been like second to my divorce and like having my bank account bottomed up, this has been the second hardest period of my life ever. Um, like it has been grueling and I'm so happy that I kept pushing through and I kept putting in the work and I kept having the faith of being like, no, that is my apartment. I'm not stopping at anything. I'm not going to let anything like get me down enough to stop going. It did get me down a lot of times, but like get me down enough to stop going. I'm going to keep pushing forward. So that's, that's our spiel on manifestation that like, yes, sometimes are easier than others, but sometimes it's just hard and it sucks and it might still be meant to be. So I want to be the one to tell you that in case you're stuck in the side of the internet, that's like, everything is easy. Everything is awesome. Not for everyone. Okay. So that's thing number one. Thing number two, I'm now in my apartment, which I love. I'm so excited about been getting into a new routine. I have been forcing myself to get dressed every day. Um, it's been interesting because as you guys know, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you work at home. It's so easy to not. And the way that I've been doing that is like forcing myself to take videos every day of my outfit, which has been multi-purpose in the fact that like one, it keeps me accountable. Two, I actually get dressed. I want to feel cute. Three, I then have video content that I can use in all of my marketing, both on my personal platform on TikTok and all my business channels. So that's been amazing. Um, and three, I have been so intense lately on this concept of action versus stagnancy. And I know we're already like almost 10 minutes into the podcast episode, but today's going to be a longer episode and I'm so excited for it. But I've been super into this idea of action versus stagnancy because in the last year, I have had my first two unaligned clients in coaching. And I thought that my branding was airtight. Like in my head, it was airtight that no one was going to slide through in a way that would ever feel unaligned. And these two clients had the exact same thing in common, which is that they didn't want to implement anything. Like no matter what I taught them, no matter what I said, no matter how many different suggestions I came up with, routes, ways of teaching, they literally wouldn't implement. Like they would straight up be like, no, I don't want to do that. That sounds too hard. Or no, that'll take too much time. Like, no, I'm not doing any of that. And it was the most defeating thing of my life. Like it was so defeating. And once I got past this idea of like, that was so defeating. I have cried so much about this. <laughs> I had to sit down with myself and I was like, okay, my branding is not airtight. Clearly two people have slid through that thought that I was going to hand them a better business and that they weren't going to have to work for it. So where exactly did that messaging either get communicated or did the correct like communication not peek through and really that messaging came down to again almost leaning into the like things should be easy but also just like oh I think I've been talking about too much what I'm going to give to you and not enough about what you also have to bring to the table as a coaching client because 
when you're hiring me as a coach, you're actually not hiring me as the new CEO of your business. Like at the end of the day, I cannot implement anything for you. I can go into your Dipsado with you and we do this and build things out. I can log into your website and help you SEO optimize it and, you know, redesign it. But like at the end of the day, 99% of the changes that you're going to make within a coaching program, you have to go do. Like I'm going to teach you how to do it. I'm going to teach you how to better your mindset. I'm going to give you the tangible, actionable steps that you need to take in order to better your business. But if you decide to not listen to that, there's literally nothing I can do. And so my team and I like sat down and we were like, what, <laughs> where have we gone wrong? Like, where did these two people slide through in a way where they just thought I would be like a literal fairy godmother that fixed it with no action. And so we decided that like, we really needed to bring to the table this conversation of like action and hard work and bringing to the table the same amount of energy and dedication to your business that you expect out of me as a coach. And that kind of goes hand in hand with this conversation that I've been having with a, with a lot of my coaching clients right now. Um, the economy is weird. We all know that. Like if anyone's telling you the economy is not weird right now, they're lying. Like I've never had more conversations with creatives that are just like, I don't know what's going on. It was a really weird month. So if you're having a really weird month, we're having a really weird month. Everyone I know is having a weird month. Um, which has led to a lot of my coaching clients getting really stuck in this zone of like wanting everything to be perfect in order to start implementing. And it's kept them from taking action and growth and success and improvement only happens when action is taking place. It doesn't take place in stagnancy. And so I've found myself having the same conversation with a lot of my coaching clients. So I'm going to have it with you right now, which is that like, if something isn't working, if you're not seeing the results that you need, sitting here and overthinking it, sitting here and like overthinking yourself into a hole or trying to literally get something 100% perfect before you let anyone see it, that is literally keeping you from hitting your goals. You would be better off taking two steps forward, one step back than taking no steps at all. And so I'm going to challenge you with whatever's on your to-do list this week, this month, whatever it is that you're seeing as an issue within your business, even if it's, you know, the things that we're going to talk about today, like let's talk, we're talking about AI today. And I want you to hear the things that I talk, hear the words from my mouth. And I want you to take action. Even if it's messy, even if you mess up, even if a thing fails or two, at least you tried and now you get to try again. And the people that are going to make it out of this economic recession, the people that are going to make it into this next stage of their business, of their mindset, of their dream life, they're the people that are going to be willing to try and fail. They're the people that are going to be willing to take action rather than sitting in stagnancy until things are perfect. The people willing to take two steps forward and one step back rather than waiting until you can take five steps forward at once those are the people that are going to succeed. They're the ones that are going to make it past the two-year mark of business failing. Like that is what I, like if you take anything from this podcast episode, I hope you also listen and enjoy the AI because I'm giddy. I'm so excited to talk about this with you. But like if you take anything, let it be that you take action today. Stop opening your phone and scrolling through Instagram for seven hours. Literally look at what you can do and start doing it even if it's a little messy. Okay. I promise you can do it. I promise it's going to be amazing. And I promise it's going to be a lot easier than you think. You just have to get into that motion. And I've been trying to like implement that a lot in my personal life as well of like, like even I signed up for the gym last week. I haven't gone. 
don't you fret. Um, but instead I've been like, okay, I at least need to get into the pattern of like moving my body. Like let's walk to a farther park with Cora every morning. Okay, great. We're going to like put on my calendar the time that we're going to go to the gym. Like, let's just get moving. Let's get started. Let's not wait until I'm in this perfect headspace to go do a two hour leg day. That might not happen right away. We're going to start with baby messy steps. So I want you to apply this both personally and in your business. Okay. Um, I think that's everything. Uh, so much is going on. Oh my gosh. No, it's not everything. I've been ranting for 15 minutes, but welcome to September. It's the new chapter. We've officially closed out branding, which we did in August, which if you missed any of those podcast episodes, please go back, listen to them. September is all about improving your business and running it at a CEO level. And I am thrilled about the things that we're going to be talking about. So let me walk you through one by one. So we're talking about up-leveling your business week one right now this podcast episode and this is going to be a longer one we are talking about ai and before you're like Ugh, i don't want to talk about AI. i want to click out let me go ahead and be the one to tell you ai is happening so you either get on board and you get ahead of the curve and you learn how to use it or you fall behind those are the options so today i'm going to teach you how to do the former which i'm incredibly excited about next week we are hearing from the incredible don charles about bringing in passive income and how to diversify your income and this is not just for educators this is for anyone and so if you only have one income revenue stream this is 100 the episode for you if you're looking to you know diversify even more than the ones you have this is the episode for you. It's going to be amazing. Episode three, we are talking about boundaries in business, how to actually serve your clients better by prioritizing yourself and your needs and to run your business like a business. I'm crazy pumped for this one because boundaries are so hard for so many entrepreneurs and people pleasers, whichever one you want to identify as. So I'm incredibly excited about that one. And then week four, we are hearing from the beautiful, brilliant Liz Tran of Reset NYC. I am giddy to talk to her and share her wisdom with you. Her new book is amazing. And I'm just like personally so honored and excited that we're having her on the podcast. So we will be talking all about mindset. You're going to die. It's going to be so amazing. So that is what you have to look forward this month. This month's series is going to be so good. It's going to be amazing. So yeah, today we're going to be talking about AI and I'm so excited. AI has been this really beautiful new way of learning for me over the last couple months. I think I've talked to you guys a little bit about the fact that I've kind of gotten exhausted about how echo chambery our industry has gotten. And so I've been really pushing myself to learn from anyone outside of our industry. Like I don't really want to learn anymore from photographers <laughs> or people in the wedding industry. Sorry. Um, like that much like i love having the guests on the show and they have such knowledge like they are incredible like the people that you hear from on this podcast are the people that i'm like yes we're gonna learn a lot from them but i'm not hiring or going out of my way to like listen to podcasts of people within the industry i'm trying really hard to educate myself elsewhere and one of the things that i have just hyper focused on learning about has been ai and it has been mind-blowing, fascinating, so incredible for my business. And so I'm really excited to talk to you guys about it because I think the creative industry more than anyone has seemed really scared to get on this train given what it's, you know, the risks it poses for jobs. And so I'm really excited for us to dive into AI today. We are going to be 
really just simplifying and explaining it. Like if you've listened to me talk for more than five minutes, you've heard me use the example of the office when there's the surplus and Michael asks Oscar to explain it to him like he's eight or 10 or whatever. And he's like, explain it to me like I'm eight. And he gives the lemonade stand. Like that's what we're going to do. We're going to explain it to you like you're eight. And if you are interested in learning more about AI and actually having tangible steps to implement it into your business, we did just introduce a new subscription, which I am just like, beyond excited for like if you invest in anything and me let it be content is queen our new ai subscription where every week we are doing new challenges and giving you actionable steps and a guide and challenges on how to start using ai in your business in a way that's really easy because you're going to watch me do it and then go implement it yourself so come join our subscription we will put that for you in the link in bio link in bio. We'll put that for you in the show notes. You can cancel anytime. You can watch all the past episodes if you wanted to then cancel, but like come do it. It's an amazing community. You get to talk to other people. You get to share your results. You get to experiment. You get to understand AI, its capabilities and how to start using them in your business in order to start running it at a CEO level. So come join that and let's go ahead and get started. So I asked you guys on Instagram, like what your questions were about AI. And again, number one thing was literally someone wrote in and was like, explain it to me like I'm three. Like I literally don't get it. It's so overwhelming. So let me go ahead and explain to you what AI is for the sake of simplifying this. We are going to talk about like a couple of main key players. We're going to talk about chat GPT, which is free perplexity. We're going to talk about mid journey. Actually, we're just going to talk about those three, I guess. I don't know how I forgot the fourth one I was going to talk about, but I did. But those are the three that we're going to talk about because those are truly the most game-changing ones. So let me explain to you what ChatGPT is. ChatGPT is an AI chatbot developed by OpenAI. And if you're wondering what OpenAI is, it's a company. Um, OpenAI is a private 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 research laboratory that aims to develop and direct artificial intelligence. It was founded in 2015. It includes people like Elon Musk, which boo, but you know, he has contributed some things, but anyway, that's what open AI is. It's, it's a dedication to artificial intelligence and using it in humanity. So they are the ones that developed chat GBT and it's a natural language processing to create human-like conversational dialogue. So when you're using chat GPT, you want to think about it like you're having a conversation with another human being. And I think this is the the biggest tweak that you need to make when you're starting to dive into the AI world, specifically chat GPT, is that this isn't, it doesn't know you. Like this is like you walking up to a stranger and asking them like, hey, can you write a brand guide for me? Hey, can you write a caption about branding? And then being upset that it doesn't sound like you. It doesn't know you. It's literally just going off of all of the information that it has learned on the internet. So um, GBT stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer, which allows it to respond to questions and generate various types of written content. Um, and it learns through human feedback and reward models. So like as you use it more, its responses get better. And the biggest thing when it comes to using something like ChatGBT is that you give it information to learn off of. If it's not something it's naturally going to find, you know, on the internet. And to be clear, ChatGBT only goes up to, I want to say it's 2020 or 2021. Um, it's not all knowing. It doesn't use current internet findings. It's not able to source recent articles for you. So if you were to ask it like, what's going on in the stock market this week, it's it's not going to know. It has to be asked like a, a, like it, 
has to go off of information before that and or information that you personally give it. If you're wanting to work with a natural language, wow, natural language processing, like some sort of AI that can do something similar to ChatGBT, but is recent and up to date with current news and articles and has the capabilities connecting to the internet, you're going to want to use something called perplexity. Perplexity is able to scour the internet, source from articles, source from blogs, source from literal, just anything that you can find on the internet, which is insane. And it's going to respond to you similarly to ChatGPT and it's going to give you references. So for example, what I am reading for you right now is off of perplexity, right? I said, please describe in three paragraphs what ChatGBT is, how it works, and how to use it. So next, it's going to tell me how ChatGBT works, and it's going to source articles that it found that it's getting this information from. So to use ChatGBT, users can interact with the chatbot by entering prompts or questions. The language model then processes the input and formulates a response based on the training it has received. Users can engage in a conversation with ChatGPT, asking follow-up questions or requesting clarification to its replies. However, it is important to note that the free version of ChatGPT does, uh, does not have the ability to search the internet for information. It doesn't have the ability at all right now. It did for a second. However, they ran into some serious privacy violations. And so right now you cannot scour the internet at all. Um, and its responses are generated based on the information it's learned from training data, which may introduce some room for error. So the way I would describe it is this. If you're looking for something that is more factual and data-driven, use perplexity. If you are looking for something that is more conversational, like let's say brand guides, analyzing data, things, uh, analyzing data that you provide, let me be clear, summarizing things you already have, go to ChatGBT. So to summarize, ChatGBT is an AI chatbot that uses natural language processing to create human-like conversational dialogue. It can respond to questions, generate various types of written content. Users can interact with it by entering prompts or questions, and the chatbot is going to formulate responses based on its training and the information that you provide to it. One of my favorite things about ChatGPT, if you do choose to move forward with the paid version, is that it has the ability to analyze documents. And this is one of the craziest, coolest things about ChatGPT4, which is the most recent version. So what this means is you can upload your statistics, you can upload your bank records, you can up, upload your credit cards and ask it to summarize things for you. Like literally one of the things I did the other day as I printed out all of my, or I printed out, I saved all of my credit card statements and then I had ChatGPT go through it and analyze the average amount of money I spend monthly on different categories, what the average price of a transaction is. You know, if I cut down my food spending, which is huge here in New York, to, you know, $500 a month instead of what I'm spending on it, how much money would that save me a year? Like I was able to have this full conversation with it where it was able to completely analyze my data. So one, it's like $20 a month. I highly recommend the version. If you don't want to, though, the free version is also amazing. It's just not going to analyze documents like that for you. So before we keep going, though, I get so excited. I love all of this. Um, I want to go through like the most used terms that you're going to hear when it comes to talking about AI programs and like what to use. I'm going to tell you what like the main keywords are that you're going to want to understand in order for this conversation that we're going to have to make sense. So AI keyword research. This is that AI can assist in locating the most relevant keywords for your content, saving you time and effort. So if you see someone talk 
talking about AI keyword research. This is using AI to help you find keywords. AI keyword generator. This is a tool that uses artificial intelligence algorithms to analyze and search data, generating a new list of relevant keywords. Natural language processing, the ability of AI to understand and interpret human language, allowing for human-like conversational dialogue. So when you hear that ChatGPT is a natural language processing model, this means that it's understanding you as you speak like a human in English and vice versa. Reinforcement learning, a type of machine learning where the AI model learns through trial and error and feedback from humans. Again, this is why you have to kind of reshape the way that you think about AI is because most of these programs are reinforcement learning based. So the more you're able to have a conversation with them, the better they're going to get at serving you. Chatbot, an AI powered program that can simulate human conversation through text or voice interactions. So again, ChatGPT is a chat box. Clustering, a technique used to group similar keywords together based on their intent or topic. Content optimization, the process of using AI to analyze and improve the quality and relevance of content for search engines and users. Sentiment analysis, the use of AI to determine the emotional tone of a piece of content, such as positive, negative, or neutral. Machine learning, a type of AI that allows machines to learn and improve from experience without being explicitly programmed. And SEO, I hope you all know what SEO is, but if not, um, it's optimizing content to rank higher in search engine results pages, SERPs, if you hear someone say that, using AI-powered tools. So now you're going to understand a little bit more about what the words are that you're hearing when we're talking about AI. And before we talk about how to use AI, I want to have a conversation with you on the state of AI in marketing, because I think it's super important to be like, I can sit here all day and like blah, 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 chat with you about how amazing AI is, how this is truly the new frontier of technology, how using it is going to help you get ahead of the competition. Um, but you need to learn why, right? And you need to learn how and why outside of our industry. Again, I think that's really important. And so I have been, again, doing a lot of research on this and I found this incredible company um, called Marketing Artificial intelligence institute and they do these yearly marketing reports um, on the state of ai and marketing because obviously ai did not come out this year but this is the year that we're seeing it make gigantic leaps and bounds within our space so they put out this entire marketing report which was really really cool and i think really important to kind of like walk through and analyze because Sometimes again, in the creative industry, we can just like get our head down and our blinders on so much and thinking that like our jobs are so much different because we're artists um, or that like we don't need to know these things like we're creatives when in reality, it's like if you were to go to a marketing agency right now to help you with your business, they will be using AI. And so if you're the marketing person for your business right now, you should also be using AI. So I want us to kind of like our industry, the creative entrepreneur industry should not be the only industry not using AI right now. Like everyone is using it from schools to marketing agencies to I'm like, I don't know everyone, but like, let's walk through the marketing AI report from 2023, just so that you can understand like the data backing how important this is for you to be implementing. So they, um, they pulled from like more than 900 marketers on how AI is being used in their work. So um, one, AI is a clear top priority for marketers this year. 64% of marketers are saying that AI is either very important or critically important to their marketing success for the next 12 months, which in 2022 is only 51%. So that's a 13% increase. It's definitely picked up from last year. Um, 
the number one thing that you should be using ChatGPT for, AI models for, is to save time. So 77% of marketers are saying that reducing time spent on repetitive tasks is the top outcome they want to achieve with AI. This is also the top desired outcome with any AI decision makers and the C-suite. So there's a there's also a significant AI adoption in marketing. So 98%, let me say those again, 98% of marketers surveyed said that they were already personally using AI in at least some ways. Most commonly, they're experimenting with it. That was 45%. But 29% said it's already infused into their daily workflows. Like people are using AI daily in order to market businesses. And these are people that are paid to market other people's businesses. Um, four, there's significant AI optimism when it comes to marketing. 64% say that they have positive feelings about AI. Five said that they had outward negative feelings about the technology. 31 are just kind of neutral. But again, it's like, it's a positive feeling. It should be a positive feeling. You shouldn't be scared of AI. You should be looking at this as a like, oh my gosh, here's something that gets to completely help me and cut down the amount of time that I spend marketing my business. So number five is that there's been a significant decrease in the amount of people who are nervous to move forward with AI and like don't know how to purchase the technology, which again, we're going to kind of dive into what tools I recommend, paid versus unpaid. Um, but that's going down. Like people are feeling more confident in purchasing these things. So number nine, which I'm skipping some, but like this is one that I think is really important is because this is coming from a big like company standpoint, whereas you might be listing and maybe it's just you or you with an assistant or whatever that may be. But it says lack of company support may be creating fear and uncertainty around AI. Despite their widespread AI usage, marketers are still conflicted on how AI will impact their jobs. When asked how AI will affect marketing jobs in the next three years, 40% of respondents say they believe more jobs will be eliminated over this time. Conversely, 36 say that more jobs will be created within the same time frame. Interestingly, um, those with the role of CEO slash president are more likely than any other role to think that more jobs will be eliminated to AI in the next three years. So here's how I would think of this. It sucks to hear that CEOs are saying that they're going to like probably like let go of people because of AI. But let's say you're a business with one or two people, which is the majority of you listening here in this audience. You are currently working as essentially your own employee. Like you are both the CEO and the marketing team. And if CEOs and presidents are saying like, yeah, we might let some people go because AI can do those jobs now. Like, let's say that is the reality we're focusing on. And that's sad. Um, but like for you right now, when you only have a few people in your business, if full on companies are able to completely let people go based on AI, what you can take from that as a person who only has yourself in your business or maybe an assistant helping you execute, that means that AI is going to provide you the opportunity to eliminate so much time that you are currently spending within your own business. Like hours and hours and hours, weekly, monthly, yearly, whatever that may be, that now you get to either stay in your lane of genius during those hours or clock out and God forbid have a personal life. So there is, here's the thing with the economy and jobs and things like this, AI is going to get rid of some jobs. It is also going to change some jobs. It is going to create so many new jobs. Like think about when the camera was made and everyone was worried that painters would never paint again. That's simply not the case. That is just their own beautiful profession now and so is photography and they don't take from one another um i think anyone can see that even in like the trend of painters coming in live painting weddings like 
that's so crazy cool. And it's not that those people don't have photographers there. They just also want paint. And AI is never going to have a human touch. Like it's never going to have a human soul. It is never going to have the creativity that humans have. It is never going to do things exactly like you can do it. So it may be getting rid of some jobs, but it's going to create others. It also is completely dependent on the person using it, which is why, again, it's so important for you to learn how to use these tools so that you know how to implement them within your own business. So those are like some of the first stats. Um, it is saying that CMOs in particular must make AI understanding training and strategy urgent priorities. So those CMOs play a starring role in AI ownership. They also have gaps in their AI knowledge. Um, when benchmarked against the rest of the C-suite, CMOs fall behind in AI understanding, confidence, and usage. Amongst the C-suite, CMOs are most likely to say that they have a beginner's understanding of AI. Um, so if organizations expect to survive and thrive under the coming age of AI, direct quote, CMOs must take urgent action to upskill themselves and their teams on AI, wow, AI understanding usage and training. Again, if it is just you and your business or just you and a couple of other people, this is you. Like you are going to be the one falling behind if you don't get on board with AI and learn how to use it because it's happening. And the people that are going to implement it are going to, again, provide that spare time where they get to stay in their lane of genius and be creative and bring new ideas into the world because they've freed up other time using AI. So that's what we want to be using it for. When it comes to areas of marketing, here are the percentage of respondents that are using AI. Content marketing, 83%. That's crazy. That's so, so high. Email marketing, 68. Social media marketing, 67. Advertising, 61. Analytics, 59. SEO, 55. So again, you got to get on board, you guys. You have to get on board and it's exciting and it's going to be fun and it's going to be amazing because literally everyone else is doing it. So just even from a time perspective, you are going to fall behind if you don't use it. Um, the industries that are seeing the least amount of AI implications are things like retail, insurance, um, real estate, transportation, hotels, arts, travel, recreation, restaurants. Like what are they to do? They don't have robots doing those things for them. So that's going to be a lot harder. But professional services, let me say that one more time. Professional services, like service providers, like wedding industry, videographers, photographers, artists of any kinds, you provide a service, 27%. That's the highest percentage. So one, how amazing is it that that many people are doing it? But also, wouldn't you rather be in the top 27% than the lower 73%? I would personally, I would really rather be ahead of that curve. So when it comes to B2B versus B2C and both. So for those who don't know, I always feel like I'm mansplaining, but I do. I need to, I need to explain because I didn't know what these things were forever ago, but B2B is business to business. Uh, B2C is business to consumer. So I, for example, as a business coach, I'm B2B. Like I'm a business selling to another business. When I am doing my wedding photography, I'm a B2C. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm using it in order to sell to a consumer. B2B right now, 53% of business owners are using AI. B2C, 10% which again, you're going to want to be on that 10%. People who do both, aka myself, 35%. Um, okay, so this is one of, they did like a revenue, 
a revenue overhaul of who is using AI. And um, this was something that I like found really, really fascinating, which is that the majority of people using AI are the people that either earn zero to a million dollars um, or have one to nine employees. Anything, once you start getting bigger than that, the number keeps dropping and it just like it has a pretty consistent downward slope except for people that have over 20,000 employees or over a billion dollars in revenue that kind of goes up again and my theory for why this is happening is because in order to scale you're going to have less of a budget but you're going to have just as many tasks as a bigger company and so in order to keep your expenses low you're going to need to automate things you're going to need to cut back on time um there's not going to be as many hands that you can distribute to which is why ai is so crucial Okay, so they also asked a bunch of questions within their polling, which like one was how important is AI to the success of your marketing over the next 12 months? Nearly two thirds of the respondents said 64% say AI is either very important or critically important to the success of their marketing over the next 12 months. And that's a significant jump from 2022, which and it was just 51%. Many more people are also saying that AI is critically important in 2023 versus 22. That was 26 to 17%. So it's going up significantly. There's like a 3%, 4%, it looks like chance, um, or 4% reporting of people saying it's not important. 4%. It's not great odds when you're looking at that. <laughs> so again, and like this is a really good way to like recap this document right here. But the question they asked are, what are the primary outcomes that your organization is interested in achieving with AI? Choose all that apply. Respondents were asked which outcomes their organizations were interested in achieving with AI and could choose multiple options. Most commonly, respondents say that they want to reduce time spent on repetitive data-driven tasks. The next desired AI outcome is unlocking greater value from marketing technologies, followed by generating greater ROI on campaigns and accelerating revenue growth. Wow, not venue. Interestingly, the least common desired outcomes were shortening sales cycles and predicting consumer needs and behaviors with greater accuracy. So again, the number one thing that AI is being used for is reducing time on repetitive tasks, which as you guys know, is huge. Every business owner is having to do things over and over and over again. And the number one reason people have barriers to adoption of AI, it's 64% on their poll, is just lack of education and training. And 56%, because this is they they were able to choose multiple, is lack of awareness or understanding. I know it can be confusing. I know it can be a lot. And so that's what we're going to do today. Now you know why it's important. Now you know that you want to be a part of this bigger percentage of people. Like this is why you want to get ahead of the curve. So let's talk about how to get ahead of the curve. The three tools that I recommend getting to know and understanding are again, ChatGPT, Perplexity, and MidJourney. Let's walk through each of them one by one and how you should be using it and why it is important. So again, we've already taught you what ChatGPT is. ChatGPT is where I would be inputting any data you personally have in your business, whether that is statistics, whether that is your client process written out, whether that is you know, email templates you have. Maybe that's going into perplexity and this is where perplexity can come in for market research. So one of my favorite things about perplexity is again, it has that opportunity to scan data currently it, it can do full competitive analyses analysis analyses couldn't tell you um on other people so let's say there's someone in your industry that you're like 
this is a big person. Let's run a complete deep dive on them. Let's go ahead and do mine. We're going to say, please look up Eden Strader photography and provide a complete brand analysis. This is so cool. <laughs> Eden Strader Photography is a brand that focuses on helping photographers and creative entrepreneurs build successful businesses. Eden Strader, a destination wedding photographer turned business coach, offers services and courses to assist individuals in achieving artistic growth, wealth, and a fulfilling life. The brand emphasizes the importance of personal branding, unique brand identity, and strategic implementation to resonate with clients and stand out in the market. Then it breaks down my mission and values which are correct. I'm like, this is correct based on what I say. Um, my services and offerings, my target audience being photographers and creative entrepreneurs and my brand archetype. Um, overall, Eden Strader Photography positions itself as a brand that not only provides photography services, but also focuses on empowering and guiding photographers and creative entrepreneurs and building successful and fulfilling businesses. Um, the brand values artistic growth, being personalized branding, strategic implementation, and a unique brand identity that resonates with clients. Slay. Okay. So then we could say, can you look up at Eden Strader on Instagram and give me an analysis of their marketing efforts? And again, we're on perplexity for this. Okay. Upon analyzing the marketing efforts of Eden Strader on Instagram, here are some key observations. Brand messaging. The Instagram bio emphasizes the role as Eden Strader as a business coach, leading creatives and building. Blah, 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 blah. Um, it says more about my brand messaging, which is correct. Um, value offerings. Eden Strader offers various resources and services to our audience, as mentioned in the Instagram bio, cross promotion. There's a podcast content strategy. The Instagram feed features a mix of personal and professional content showcasing Eden Strader's personality and expertise in coaching creative entrepreneurs. The content includes motivational quotes, behind the scene glimpses, testimonials, and promotional posts for courses and resources. The use of visuals such as high quality images and videos helps to engage the audience and create an aesthetically pleasing feed. Can you dive further into the content strategy? It looks like Eden Strader uses. Again, this is a conversational tool, you guys. You want to be having a conversation with it as if you're talking to a human. Think of ChatGPT and perplexity as like if you're going to a class and you're wanting to learn about art history. There's not one sentence that they're going to say that is going to make it so that you now understand the entire complexity of art history and you don't have to go hear from them anymore. You're going to have conversations with them over semesters. This is going to be a little bit quicker than that, but like you have to keep asking it things. So this is what it's saying. Based on search results, here's a further dive into the content strategy used by Eden Strader. Personal branding. Um, she emphasizes the importance of personal branding in her content. She encourages creatives to identify their brand archetype true. Um, her content includes tips and resources for developing a unique brand identity. Um, then it talks about business coaching, social media marketing, soulful approach. Let's go ahead and see, can you see Eden Strader's most used hashtags? I don't know if it can do this. Let's find out. Okay. No, it can't analyze that. Let's see if we can do what type of hashtags does Eden Strader use on her Instagram posts. Okay, no, it can't do those. Let's see what the related, okay, it says does, one of the recommended is does Eden Strader use different types of hashtags for different posts on Instagram? Okay, it doesn't look like it can analyze my individual posts specifically. Um, we could say like, how often does Eden Strader post on Instagram? I wonder if it can do that. 
Okay. It can analyze how often I've posted since like certain dates. Um, however, it's not going to have as like intricate as insight into that. So, but one thing that you could be doing like that is like, please look up Eden or like, let's do who are Eden Strader's top competitors in the market. Okay. So I went ahead and said, can you like tell me direct competitors? It listed one. And then it said like wedding photographers turned business coaches. So I said, can you list specific business owners who show up when searching for wedding photographers turned business coaches? Because that's something that I do. And then it came up with a list, right? So we have Shaw Photography Co., the photography business coach, Emily Majors, Magers, I'm so sorry. I should know that actually. Caitlin James, Julie Wilhite Education. Um, it says it's important to note that while these business offers or business owners offer coaching services for wedding photographers, their specific areas of focus, coaching styles, and target audiences may differ from administrators. So then we can say, can you do a content analysis for each of these business owners and tell me repeating themes or styles of content? Okay, so it didn't fully understand that. So then I copied and pasted those previous business owners and I said, can you do the content theme? I just basically copied and pasted. So then it goes into a breakdown of each of these people. So Shaw Photography Co. Themes are business coaching, wedding photography, success strategies, mentorship, creative entrepreneurship. It looks like they offer coaching services to wedding photographers, providing strategies and ideas for building a successful photography business. The style is informational and practical. Um, the Photography Business Coach. Their themes are things like fulfilling dreams, success strategies, mentorship. Um, the style is personal and informative with a focus on combining two decades of business expertise um, with the photography expertise to help others fulfill their dreams. One thing that I'm seeing often is the word dreams, which is like, that makes me think I should change that wording, right? Um, like these are some of the things that you can use ChatGPT for, or let's say you already know of a competitor, have them use, or sorry, not ChatGPT. This is perplexity. We are on perplexity right now. Um, but you can basically use this as a smarter Google. It's pulling from Google. It's going to pull that information from Google and then give you complete breakdowns on the information that it finds. So that's what you want to use for perplexity. Um, this is another great opportunity, right? To be like, let's say you're wanting to perfect your client workflow. So we can be like, I'm a destination wedding photographer based in Paris. Um, can you give me examples of an amazing client workflow? So now what perplexity is basically doing is it's scouring the internet for like things about client workflows, client suggestions, how to better your workflows. So now it's come up with this as a destination wedding photographer based in Paris. Here's a breakdown of client workflow that you can consider pre-wedding initial consultation. And it breaks that down contract and payment timeline and shot list pre-wedding session, wedding day arrival and preparation ceremony and reception group and couple shots post-wedding, image selection and editing, image delivery, album design, follow-up. Um, this is something where you could be like, which steps here can be automated? Here, okay, so based on search results, here are some steps in the client workflow that can potentially be automated. Client inquiry and lead capture, and then it breaks that down. Answering FAQs and sending questionnaire breaks that down. Follow-up system, you guessed it, breaks that down. So like, this is a great opportunity, perplexity is, to gather literally gather information from the entirety of the internet, which is crazy in order to make good decisions within your business. So now let's move into ChatGPT, which again, it's an open, um, it's a language model. It's going to have a conversation with you like a human. However, it's going based off past data, but it's also learning as you speak to it. So let's go ahead and open it and it's chat.openai.com. 
I highly recommend the paid version, but again, you don't have to do that. So let's say, and this is why I love the paid version. I love chat GPT for again, handling repetitive tasks. So for me and my team, what that looks like is analyzing and sourcing and distributing core content. Um, if you're new around here, you don't know what core content is, please go back to a past episode where we talk about marketing. However, I'll give you the TLDR of it, which is that you have one source of content that you focus on making, and then you distribute it out amongst all the platforms. For me, it's this podcast. So right now, I'm filming myself talking to you, which means that we're going to have audio and we're going to have video. Jamie is going to edit this. She's going to clip out all the weird parts that you didn't need to hear, the typing or the long pauses. She's going to make it into the podcast episode. After that, it's going to get uploaded to the podcast. We're going to then take the video with the audio attached and we're going to put it into Loom. Loom is then going to give me a transcription for it. I'm going to take that transcription, I'm going to put it in a text or a PDF file, and then I'm going to upload that into ChatGPT. From there, I'm going to say, hey, I've attached a podcast transcription for you. Can you please analyze it and summarize this into an SEO optimized blog post that is 800 words long? It's going to spit that out. Great. Now I have my blog post. I have also had ChatGPT take my brand guides. And if you have the paid version, you can go into your settings, you can go into setting uh, custom instructions, and you can upload a brand voice guide so that it knows what your brand sounds like. And it's not going to be perfect. Again, it's not a human, but it's going to cut down on so much repetitive task, so much repetitive work. So it knows how to speak a little bit like me. It's never going to speak perfectly like me, obviously, but it's going to do a little bit better than if I just asked it to write about branding. So now what it's going to do is it's going to analyze my PDF and it's going to write a blog post that is over 800 words in a somewhat similar tone to me. I'm then going to hit copy and then I'm going to take it into my blog post. I'm going to make a couple tweaks. This usually takes me at most 15 minutes. I'm going to SEO optimize my images, toss them in there. Blog post is perfected. I'm then going to copy and paste that blog post because again, I did alter it to sound more like me. I'm going to toss it back into ChatGPT. I'm going to say, hey, can you actually summarize all of this into three paragraphs? Perfect. Now I have all of that for my email list. I just copy and paste for the week. And then I can also spit that in and say, hey, can you actually break this into like five to 10 different captions for me for Instagram? Make some of them a couple paragraphs, make some of them super long. Now, after just recording this one video for you, I am going to have absolutely every single marketing platform I need handled and in a way that on top of making this podcast, which I love making this podcast, um, all of that's going to maybe take me an hour and that's my marketing for the entire month, which means that if I wanted to sit down today, record all of September's episodes, which I'm not going to because it's already 3.30, but like if I wanted to, I so easily could finish out my entire month of marketing, have it scheduled out, which is probably what I'm going to do tomorrow, and then I do not have to think about marketing for the whole entire month. So this, again, ChatGPT is such an amazing tool for having conversations in which it, it handles a decent amount of data and it knows a lot already, but think of it as your tool where you're providing a lot of info and it's going to perfect it from there. So the more you're able to give back to ChatGPT, the more it's going to be able to give back to you. You also can do more simplified things though, right? Like being like, hey, if I'm a wedding photographer based in this area, what are some of the best hashtags I could be using? You can also do that on perplexity because it could do some 
recent stats to see, you know, what people have been saying in the last two years, because again, ChatGPT doesn't go that far back um, or doesn't come that recent. So those are the ways that you want to be using ChatGPT is to be like, okay, if I have these tasks that are, that, that could be simplified, right? Maybe it's even that you did write an entire blog post and you're like, hey, can you make sure all the grammar is proper in this? Like, can you go through and double check all of my grammar? Upload that into ChatGPT, have it analyze it. The last tool that I recommend using is Midjourney. I love Midjourney, especially if you're any sort of creative at all, which if you're listening to this, I'm sure you are. And at the base level, it is an amazing way to come up with inspiration, visual inspiration for your clients, for your social media marketing that is both unique and not stolen. The Number one thing I would recommend using it for is to replace the way that you build mood boards and the way that you showcase inspiration with your audience. Nothing makes me more mad, makes anyone more mad than seeing your own artwork stolen and not credited when it comes to a mood board or inspiration or even marketing, right? The amount of content days that I have seen marketed with someone else's images that weren't credited is bonkers to me. Like it's so crazy and yet it happens every time use Midjourney. Midjourney is essentially a space where you get to type in a full prompt. You can write out whatever you need, and then AI is going to build a series of images for you. When you type in this prompt, it's going to showcase you four, and it's going to give you the opportunity to upscale any of them or create a version based on that. So let's say I type in like, I want a photo of New York aesthetic. That's so vague, by the way. You're going to have to get more detailed than that. And so half of them are bad. There's only one I like. If I like it enough, I can click upscale. I can open it. I can save it. But if I'm like, okay, that's close, but I, I do want it to keep changing some things, then I hit the version of that number. And that's when it's going to keep regenerating it. This is such an amazing tool if you're making graphics for your stories, if you're wanting to showcase inspiration for a shoe or for a wedding or for a client, if you're wanting to launch a content day and you want to only have original content, um, if you need stock imagery. Like I want to say, let's look it up. I'm not even going to say how much is Midjourney. Okay. So Midjourney starts at $10 a month. That's correct. $10 a month. I want to say that I am on the $30 a month one because I wanted more hours than what I had. Um, and basically how it works is the amount of hours that you can have going, like how many hours you're using Midjourney. It's through a Discord. Um, so it's not even like its own program. You're literally just in Discord chatting with the Midjourney bot. And it is so amazing. It completely takes time. Again, this is like a tool that we're going to dive even further into in um, Content is Queen, which if you're interested in learning more about AI and actually implementing it into your business, because like we have already talked about AI for an hour and yet we haven't even been able to touch on a bunch of things. Um, come join Content is Queen. But Midjourney is 1000% something I recommend if you ever have a need for visual content, which unless you exclusively work off of word of mouth, you need, like you literally need it. Um, and this is such a unique thing that you can bring both to your marketing or even to your clients if needed. Um, one of my favorite things is like for Amara, my agency right now, we're working on a website redesign for someone and it's a florist and they had these very specific visuals in their mood board that we don't have photography for. Like they haven't worked with a photographer who's given them that content before. Um, even if that's something as simple as like grass blowing in the wind or these cherries that we built. And so I was able to completely build those out in mid journey and now we get to use them in her website. So 
It's amazing. We use a ton of AI imagery on my Amara site to show people how we can create virtual galleries and virtual art for them. So it's an amazing tool for both you to have in your own business and to be able to show to your clients. So I'm going to stop this episode here because AI is so there's so much and it's so much fun and I have had so much fun learning about it but because we spent half of it talking about how you just need to get moving and you need to start implementing here is what you are going to take as actionable steps following this you are going to create a perplexity account and you are going to create a chat GPT account GB GPT if I say it too quickly I sound like I'm not even saying it um, you're also going to create a mid-journey account because they do have a trial period and I highly recommend starting it um, you are then going to upload all of your captions, all of your captions that you have, let's say, written in the last three months, and you are going to put them into ChatGPT, either copy and paste them if you can, um, or upload the document if you choose to upgrade to the paid version, and you're going to ask them to analyze and build a brand guide for you. That's what you're going to start with with ChatGPT. You're also then going to go into perplexity and you are either going to research your client workflow or ask it to help you with a marketing plan. Ask it to write you a blueprint of what to post every day for the next 30 days. That is what you're going to get started with there. If you also do the mid-journey part, I want you to start experimenting and create three different stock images that you personally have a need for. Start simple, even if it's just something of a beautiful beach shot overhead. Get as specific as you can. It even loves to know like the lenses you want. It'd be like shot on a 50 millimeter at 1.8 in direct sun. Like say stuff like that. That is your homework for the week. Come join Content is Queens so that we can walk you through all of this intensely as much as possible. But this is today's episode on AI, how to use it in your business. If you have any questions, please slide into the DMs. It's been so fun to finally talk about all of this with you. I feel like my brain is constantly spinning learning about AI. Um, I have some AI resources that I really love learning from, which if you're interested in diving into this further, feel free to DM me and I can give them to you. I like listen to a couple different podcasts and do some reading on things like this. And it's so much fun. Um, and I want you to remember that like AI is never going to be able to do what we do as humans, but it's going to make the repetitive tasks that we do so much easier. It's going to cut back on the amount of time that we have to operate like a paper pushing employee. And in instead teach us how to run a, a more CEO level. So start implementing these things now, get ahead of the curve, because the people that are going to be seeing exponential growth in their business are the people that are going to use AI to cut back on wasted time so that they can spend more time in their lane of genius. If you guys like this episode, I would love, it would mean the world to me. It is so helpful. Please, 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 if you would be willing to share it on your stories, tag a friend, send to a friend, subscribe, leave us a review. I love you all so much. I'm so excited for this month with you to talk about how to up-level your business to a CEO level. Again, next week, we are talking about diversifying your income, so you do not want to miss it. And I will see you next time. 